KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Mike DiNardo. Hello, Philly, and welcome back to the Wells Fargo Center. That's right, tonight Comcast Spectacle presents the New York Islanders as they take on your Philadelphia Flyers. If you've gone to a Flyers game in the past 50 years, you heard Lou Nolan greeting you. The official signed by the National Hockey League referees, Mr. Dan O'Rourke, Mr. Steve Kozari. Lines Mr. Connor O'Donnell, Mr. James Tobias. The Flyers were founded in 1967, and Lou Nolan started out in the new team's public relations department with his friend Joe Cadillac. In 1972, Cadillac asked Lou Nolan to do the public address announcing at the Spectrum, and Nolan has been doing it for the Flyers ever since. His voice is so familiar and recognizable and so Philadelphian. Good and bad, through the cup years of the mid-70s and the years after, players have come and gone, but Lou Nolan has been the constant. He's been part of the personality of a Flyers game, and fans appreciate that. Of course, fans have come to expect his announcement of who scored the goal after the puck goes in the net, but his signature call, no doubt, is when the Flyers go on the man advantage. And the Flyers are going on the peak I interviewed Lou in the press room before a preseason game, and after the interview, I asked him where the best place in the arena would be to capture the audio of him at work. And he said, well, why don't you come up and sit next to me? And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? (laughs) So I got to go up to the press level at the top of the arena and spend the first and second period sitting next to Lou Nolan. It's funny how they happen, just when you don't think they're going to happen. Flyers goal scored by number 54, Igor Zamula. His first. Because of COVID, he's been moved from ice level to the press level at the top of the Wells Fargo Center. He is truly gracious and classy and down to earth. And watching him talk with the NHL referees and ops people on the telephone and watching him watch the game like a fan was truly an experience. And hearing him get excited with a rush up the ice, for a Flyers fan, it was comforting to know that the guy that you have listened to for 50 years still enjoys the game as much as you do. So thanks to Lou Nolan for sharing a few memories from his remarkable career. Lou, you're beginning your 50th season behind the PA mic for the the Flyers. When you started out with Joe Cadillac in 1972, did you even imagine that you would last half a century behind? Uh, all I wanted to do was last a year. Uh, I, I was happy to get through that. Uh, I, I mean, it, this is incredible. You know, you just don't think that things can happen like this. And, uh, you know, just having to try and be a conduit between, you know, what happens on the ice and, and the crowd. Uh, it's good that it's been that long for me. Uh, I, I can't express enough that uh, people have helped me along the way and how great the fans have been so uh, yeah it's something else you've written a book and you listed many of your your favorite players and your favorite moments but I have to uh, ask you in the entire 50 year history of, of your uh, of, of your tenure here who was the the most memorable player and what was the most memorable moment for you behind the PA mic well uh, most memorable player uh, in pure talent work uh, would be Bob Clark. Uh, uh, also very, very good and uh, is Bernie, Bernie Perrant, who, you know, never got, he was always in front of the goal and Bob was all over the ice and without those two guys, we never would have had those Stanley Cups. Uh, memorable games, uh, I think the uh, the Stanley Cup win 
when uh, Orr got the penalty right near the end. And I'm uh, thinking to myself, you know, we got a shot here. We could win this game and the cup. And the, the rushing game uh, when they uh, uh, they were here, uh, which was memorable. And I worked with that glass at that time, so I was in the middle of everything that happened, uh, you know, with them going off the ice and referees and translators and everything else. So it was amazing. Now, normally you are right there between the penalty boxes. Um, on your very first day on the job, <laughs> you, were, you were christened quite literally, weren't you? I was. Uh, it... Uh, I used to keep the pucks in a, in a bucket of ice, ice chips and so forth. And a player, uh, there was a fight, and a couple of guys came in the box, and, and during announcements, uh, the player from, I think it was Buffalo, picked up the, the uh, ice bucket and tossed it across us at the other player, at the, the contents, in other words. And, you know, there was three or four of us before the other penalty box, so we all got a shower with it, but it was quite a, quite a way to begin this, I'll tell you. Being the, between the boxes, you must have heard stories. You, I mean, you must have experienced stories and heard chipping back and forth. Um, who were some of the guys who were really fun to, well, to sit between? Well, uh, you know, Schultz was great. Uh, he, he used to, uh, when he'd have a fight, his eyes would be like golf balls. And Dave would be uh, uh, just like, by the time he got to the box, you know, almost out of control now in those days the guys chirped a lot they chirped a lot and even guys on the ice could could say things to them as they went past you know because there was no glass now you know they sit back there and once in a while they're yelling at one another uh, sometimes they thank the guy for the fight like a young guy will will thank like donald Bershear back when he was here you know hey brash thanks for the fight i appreciate it and uh, he says sure no problems you know it's all set up for them to gain the reputation that they need so there's some of that. There's other things that I wouldn't say on the air, obviously, but uh, all good stuff. And then guys that were just good friends saying, hey, good to see you. You know, what's been happening? How's your family and all this? And, you know, those kinds of things. But it takes two to tango there when, when they go back and forth, as you well know. No doubt. So it, it, it must be different doing your job from the top level of the Wells Fargo Center as opposed to being right there on the ice. What, what's it like? And, and, and how do you communicate with the refs back and forth? Well, uh, it, last year we, we did it, and um, we did it when they were in the bubble, too. Of course, there was no ice at all then. It was just no ice, no fans, uh, nobody here. Uh, last year, I guess there were 60 games. I don't remember the number of them, 54. And, um, you know, you've got monitors where you can watch things happen, but they're on a couple second delays, you know. Uh, and um, I communicate mostly with the off-ice officials, Augie Conti and that group of people that are with him. They're really top-notch guys. They fill me in on the information that I need. Like, if there's a goal, I can pretty much know who the goal is by. And um, then it, we, we find out who the assists are by. We verify that. And there's also, with uh, real-time scoring, they're all written down now on the web. So once it comes up on the web, we pretty much have it. Uh, yep, yep. So uh, uh, there, there are a lot of redundancies that make it so that we think we got it right. Now, I would imagine it's, it's fun to, to call a goal, uh, especially when it's, it's for the Flyers. But your signature call probably is a sponsorship that dates back who knows how long with the Pico Power Play. How did that get started, and how did that become, how did it grow into a life of its own? Pico Power Play is a great story. Uh, it started out, and uh, I came in, and uh, Anthony Joy, I think it was, who was my boss, and he, he called me and he said, you know, we got, we got a sponsor now for the Power Play. So I want you to say, you know, we're going on the Pico Power Play. I said, okay, fine. So the first one, you know, hey, we're going on the Pico Power Play. 
on the headset. He says, you need more juice. So eventually we gave it enough juice that it suddenly, you know, started to get its own life. And although I can't hear fans, I'm told that they do say that when I say it. And they wait for it. And um, pretty exciting. We have a we had a button done. Pico asked me to do a button for them. And uh, they gave it out at the game here that uh, like one of those ones from Staples, that was easy. You push it and it just says, you know, and the flyers are going on the Pico power play. So not quite like that, but it's different. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's had its own uh, life. It's been fun. Walking down the street, do people yell that to you? Sometimes I get it in elevators, ask me to say it at weddings and stuff. And I tell them, I said, I don't really do it on command. I said, I, you know, it belongs somewhere. So once in a while, I'll do it for somebody if, if they ask. Do you still work a day job or no? I do. I work for a company, a Mantham Bank, uh, sells securities to uh, uh, credit unions, banks, savings and loans, uh, people like that. And, uh, you know, so, hey, I'm working out of my home at this point. Uh, and uh, I see customers. I visit customers, so I'm out on the road sometimes. But, you know, my schedule's my own, so it's a good thing. Does this job help you in that job? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can get me in a lot of doors. And um, and, uh, and then doors that you think you can get in, you know, they don't even know anything about hockey. So that's okay. But I can still get them as a client and as a friend, which is more important. What's it like to live a dream? I mean, this is when you were a kid. I mean, you were, you were a hockey fan as a kid. This is always something that I don't know if, if you wanted to be a player, but you certainly loved the game and wanted to be around the game. This might be the next best thing. But what's it like to, to just be around the game that you love at the highest level? Well, I do love the game, and the game has become a very, very big part of my life, uh, as you well know. And um, it's, it's cool. I mean, I, I watched the original six back when, you know, when the TVs were you know, I don't know, in a big cabinet, so to speak, and not like they are now. But um, I enjoyed that, and then I, I met uh, met Joe Kalak at the beach, and, you know, when we he got the job as a PR guy, and I started working with him, doing stats and all. So, you know, I'm an original flyer, so it started in 67, but the announcing started in 72. And uh, I've been lucky. I've been in two Stanley Cup parades. I mean, hey, come on, you know, taking the Stanley Cup to work. I did that when I worked for a bank. Uh, so I, I have. I've lived the dream a lot, and it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat, but don't take anything for granted, you know. It's a business. It's a way to do it. Uh, you plan to do this as long as they'll have you? Yeah, I think so, as long as I don't uh, uh, mess up too much, you know, uh, or at all, really, for my own. You know, I want to be perfect if I can. It doesn't always happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would like to keep doing it. I mean, I feel pretty good, actually. feel pretty good. and. You know, I'm not walking on the ice too much, you know, once in a while after a ceremony or something like that. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, sure. So it's not uh, not tough getting around to where I need to be now, you know. Lou, I appreciate the time. I know you've got to get ready for the uh, ready for the game. Thanks. Anything you'd like to add that we've neglected to ask? I don't know. Uh, just that uh, I thank all the fans for allowing me to make 50 years here and not getting booed too much. Uh, I get lewd once in a while, but... Uh, Food uh, when they, uh, I, I, as long as I don't mess up, I think I'll be okay. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Mike DiNardo, and we'll have another episode out soon.